is the Adam Crowley Show. Wow, wow, is it very nice? ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Guys, it's playoff time. Steelers and Jags 105 on Sunday. And we're not cliche around here, but today we are. Because I'm trying to amp myself up for some Steelers football amid what will be the greatest storm we've ever faced as a city. And I'm not talking about the weather. I'm talking about this Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Okay, I'm actually talking about the weather. And I'm not all that freaked out about this Jacksonville defense. Have you noticed what we do in the media? I know what I do, and I do it differently. But have you noticed what the media has done nationally this week with that Jacksonville defense? I heard somebody today on a radio show that will go unmentioned say that the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is one of the best defenses that they've ever seen in the last 50 years. Can we just tap the brakes a little bit? They've got good personnel. They've got good numbers. But they're young, and they've not won anything yet. I've already heard them compare to the Denver Broncos defense from a couple of years ago. Now, I've done that, but just through analogy. Just because of the way that they talk about themselves and the way that people talked about that Denver Broncos defense from a couple of years ago. But this defense isn't one of the best of all time. Is it okay if we call a spade a spade? You don't have to try to pump them up that way. It's okay to acknowledge them as good and not say that they're the best of all time. I mean, are we freaking joking ourselves here? They were 21st in the National Football League in rushing yards, given up. That disqualifies them, as far as I'm concerned, right there. That 2008 Steelers defense, that one belongs with the all-time greats. Number one, they won the championship. Number one A, they were number one in everything across the board except for rushing defense, where they were two only because people threw the ball all over the damn Minnesota Vikings because the Vikings sucked. So then they ran the ball very little. So that's what a great defense looks like. Have you watched Jacksonville at all? I have. I've watched a nauseating amount of Jacksonville Jaguars defense this week just so I know what I'm talking about. And this defense is good. It's not as good as that 08 team that the Pittsburgh Steelers had. If they beat Pittsburgh, they beat New England and go to a championship, then we can talk. But they ain't won nothing yet. So to me, to go back to the old Tampa Bay Buccaneer days when the Pittsburgh Steelers were kind of their pseudo-rivals from the north, these Jags, they're paper champs, baby. Paper champions. All they do is talk, and they got to carry this Blake Bortles. If they do that, they're great. If they don't, all it was was talk. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. We are at the Carson City Saloon, where we'll be giving away a bunch of stuff today to Pittsburgh Steelers fans that come in and dance for me, baby. What I mean is touchdown celebration dance. You give me a good touchdown celebration dance, you could find yourself walking away with a signed William Gay picture. we got a couple of those. We've got some great T-shirts here. It's playoff time, baby. Dry fit. Official team stuff here, man. 
Now, I know weather's going to be an issue, but if you walk home and you put this dry fit shirt on, it'll be a little bit warmer. It won't be that cold. A little extra layer going on. So come on by. Give us your best Steelers touchdown dance, and we'll give you Steelers memorabilia. I'm a little irritated with a lot of you, though. I'm just being real. You've really pissed me off this week. Irritated doesn't go far enough. I'm pissed. Because the President of the United States, on a grand scale, says, fake news, fake news, fake news. Now all you people, you sheep, have taken that, and you've transferred it to your sports sensibilities. Not everything that a sports writer writes is fake news. Not everything that a sports broadcaster talks about is fake news. Now, I talked about how the media has pumped up these Jacksonville Jags. We can fall victim to sensationalization. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for, Brian? Um, sensationalism. Sensationalism. Yeah. That was sensational by me right there. Good job. Thank you. I feel like I deserve a demerit. Eh, had one yesterday. You work up to the next one. That's true. That was just a minor bleep up. That was not a real... Ah, damn it, Joe! Oh, ah, it come on! The media is not immune to sensationalism. Okay? Not immune to sensationalism. But it does not mean that we make things up. It doesn't mean that Sports Illustrated drummed up a controversy when Mike Mitchell said that the Steelers would play the Patriots in Haiti and in hell and in New England and they'd beat them in any place. He said that. So if it gets out there and a big deal is made of it, that's because he said it. Jeremy Fowler wrote a story yesterday about Le'Veon Bell. He'll join us today at 520. So I'll ask him exactly how this is on all gone down. In the story, Le'Veon Bell says if he gets the tag slapped on him again, if he gets franchised, that he is going to either retire or sit out. Look at Jeremy Fowler's Twitter feed. It's thousands, no hyperbole here, of Steelers fans ripping him for asking that question of Le'Veon Bell because it's playoff time. Guys, don't be mad at Jeremy freaking Fowler. Be mad at Le'Veon Bell for not having a canned answer. Be mad at Le'Veon Bell for not having the PR sense to not say something as stupid as he did. It ain't Jeremy Fowler's fault. It's Le'Veon's fault. You just don't want to blame the Steeler. You want to blame the guy who covers the Steeler. And that's what pisses me off. Fake news, and you just want to look through your black and gold glasses at everything. Jeremy Fowler's a good dude and a good reporter, and what he did was his job. He got into a conversation with Le'Veon Bell. When you get a one-on-one -on -one with a star like that, you got to take advantage of that opportunity. Here's the thing you people out there don't understand. Journalists, broadcasters, they work off of one or two interviews for a couple of weeks if they're working on a story. I know my good buddy Dale Lawley at training camp tries to get a bunch of interviews at the beginning of camp so that if he needs an emergency story, he's got one. If he needs a quote on, let's say, Jesse James, He'll talk to Ben Roethlisberger about a myriad of different things, but he'll probably ask him about every player on the team so that he's got Ben in his story later on about said player on the team. That's how it works. That's reality. So Jeremy Fowler goes into the Steelers' locker room, 
he's got an opportunity to speak with a guy who's very friendly with the media, but a guy who's not the easiest to get a one-on-one with because he's a damn superstar, and he's asking him questions. How you feeling about this offseason? What are you thinking about the contract? Well, Jeremy, I want to be respected. I want to feel valued. Blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, it becomes Jeremy Fowler's fault. Why are you asking Le'Veon Bell about this now? Why are you talking to Le'Veon whenever there's a playoff game in a couple of days? These dudes don't play the sport in a vacuum. Le'Veon Bell's thinking about this. This is on his mind. And, spoiler alert, if a player says something, he said it! It's not Jeremy Fowler's fault that he said this. It's not Jeremy Fowler's fault that he talked about retirement a couple of days before a playoff game. That is nobody's fault but Le'Veon Bell. See Tim Benz's column today in the trip. Now, you know I love Tim. I love his work. Check out that column where he talks to Martavis Bryant about everything that's happened this year. And Martavis says, man, I'm happy. We're in the playoffs. If Martavis Bryant, that guy, can tow the company line, then so can a perceived leader like Le'Veon Bell. The media's gotten a bad rap lately, man. And it all comes from that dude who's sitting in the Oval Office. The guy who used a bad word yesterday. Am I allowed to say the word that he said? Because I feel like if the president says it, I should be able to say it. I don't think you can. We'll work on that later in the show. You can say bleephole. Bleephole! The president of the United States distrusts the media. Or he knows the media is barking up the right tree on a lot of stuff. And he wants to push a wedge between the people and the media. And what you got is a trickle-down. Where you take the real-life journalism in the real-life combative relationship between the media and the president, and you apply it to your sports sensibilities. I don't like that, man. I think it's unhealthy. And it's unhealthy at a macro level, not so much about sports, because I don't care if you don't take me seriously. But I advise all of you out there, now I'm getting preachy, to not dismiss everything that a journalist says or a writer says out of hand just because you don't like the information that's being put forward. The people who don't believe the Trump stuff are Trump supporters. The people who gobble it up with a spoon are the people who are against Donald Trump. They need to think probably a little bit more about some stuff too. But it's the same thing here on a less grand scale. You don't want Le'Veon to be the bad guy because he was already the bad guy earlier on So now you've decided, oh, it's not his fault, it's Jeremy Fowler's fault. How dare Jeremy talk about this? And it pisses me off. Because y'all guys out there think you know the biz, and you don't. All y'all out there think you know what we do for a living, and you don't. Captain Black tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. On a serious note, the moment a leader begins to tell the people not to believe the press, and they agree with them, that's when we begin to lose our freedom. There's a reason this country has freedom of the press, so stop spouting this idiotic line about hashtag fake news, you sheep. He's spot on. Now, you bring it back to sports, guess what Mike Tomlin said today? You didn't see this. Mike Tomlin fell into the category that I'm attacking right now. 
when Mike Tomlin was asked about the team thriving on drama, he said, quote, it's not drama to us. It's created by you guys. That's a farce when it comes to this Pittsburgh Steelers season. It just is. Now, does the media maybe blow things out of proportion a little bit? I don't know. Does the media care more about it than the Steelers do internally? Probably. And in fact, yeah, that's likely. But you can't tell me that all of the drama that's gone on this year is a creation of everything that we've done and has zero fault lie with the Pittsburgh Steelers. When AB threw the Gatorade cooler, was that me? Did I run out onto the field in Baltimore and say, Ben, why didn't you throw the ball to AB? Why'd you miss him there? And then throw a Gatorade cooler. No, I don't think so. Was it me who ripped Juju Smith-Schuster on Instagram? No, it wasn't. I didn't break into Martavis Bryant's house, sit on his lap, and use his MacBook so that I could write an Instagram post ripping young Juju Smith-Schuster. I didn't wedge my way into the Steelers' locker room and tell Ben Roethlisberger and Alejandro Villanueva to bleep up their national anthem situation. I didn't do those things. Dale Lawley didn't do those things. Tim Benz didn't do those things. Jeremy Fowler didn't do it. Missy Matthews, Bob Labriola, Mike Pursuta. We didn't do those things. The Steelers did a damn good job of creating that drama. And yeah, maybe we feed on it, but you're not telling me the Steelers didn't throw the chum in the damn water? I like Mike Tomlin greatly as a person, and I think he's a hell of a football coach. I think he's incredibly measured by everything that he says. I think he's dead wrong here. I think he missed the boat entirely. I don't know what else happened this year. Oh, James Harrison gets moved to the New England Patriots. You think questions are going to be asked about that in the locker room? I do. Does Marquise Pouncey need to say that his legacy is dead? No, he doesn't, but he did. Tim Benz didn't say it. Tim Benz actually was standing there with a microphone in his face, and he said, What? He asked a follow-up question because he was so taken aback by what Marquise Pouncey was saying. The Steelers need to take ownership of their own chaos. The chaos wasn't started by us. We push it out there. We don't care so much whenever there's a bleep storm. Am I allowed to say that word? Donald yes. Trump said bleep that word. Storm. Bleep storm. I can't say that. the S word? No. no can't no, do that? No, no, not allowed, no, not allowed no. to say a storm like that? Nope. The president said it. I feel like bleep I should be able to say Bleep storm. Bleep storm. We like it. It helps my job, and I'm not a journalist. But it helps me with the content because it's interesting. And it helps journalists because they have different strings to pull on. But it's not their fault when the initial thing happens. And for Mike Thomas to say that the media this year created the drama, it's disingenuous. What say you? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. And let me get to a more specific question. When it comes to the Fowler-Le'Veon Bell story, are you more upset with Fowler for asking the question, or are you more upset for Le'Veon for answering it in the manner in which he did? 412-922-2874. Matt Williamson at 440. You're listening to The Crowley Show. Yeah. I want security. Yeah. Without a 
You mad at Le'Veon? Or are you mad at Jeremy Fowler? Because there are a lot of people who are mad at Le'Veon for, at this time of the year, bringing up something that he shouldn't be bringing up. But the Steelers apologists are saying, well, why is Jeremy even asking that question in the first place? What a D-bag. I want to hear from you on this. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Before we get back into that, we're sitting here, and Tom's, he's a treat, man. He sets us up at the Carson City Saloon. Come on by. They open at 5. We're giving away a bunch of Steelers prizes. Tom brings us each up a beer. And Brian is talking to Joe back in the studio. We're all talking about raises. Because I was laughing how I just put up my second blog in as many days, baby. I'm a big blogger baller, baby. Nice. Or should I go big baller blogger? I think the second Big blogger brand. Big blogger brand. How did I already screw it up? I don't know, dude. It was like two minutes ago. We had it perfect. Yeah, I screwed it up. But You're that's... dangerously on demerit territory today. It's who I am, man. I'm not perfect, but I'm good enough. And uh, that's how you become a major media market star. So we're talking about how in my blog there's an advertisement. I said, I'm not getting any extra money for these blogs, yet there's extra advertisements going in. What the hell's happening there? And Brian goes, oh, you should all ask for a raise. And Tom goes, even me? And Brian says, you might want to wait for a couple of months, Tom, but Joe, you should ask for a raise. <laughs> so I'm just wondering how that happened. What? Uh, okay. It's just, it's it's the idea of how long he's been here. Tom has mm. been, Joe has been here so long that it might be time for him to look at something. And he definitely deserves it. He's one of the best, hardest workers we have here. He's absolutely brilliant with the sound drops. I mean, he should he should actually get money per sound bite that he drops because they're nice. so brilliant. I'd nice. sign off on that. I just don't have that kind of power. No, you don't have to cloud. Yeah, I can't pull that off. I See, there's one right there. That's 25 cents for Joe. As for Tom, you're telling me that this guy's not creative? You're telling me that Tom doesn't work hard? Hey, Tom works like a madman. Absolutely one of my go-to guys. A guy I can oh, trust man. to do anything. Not he, even the go-to guy. Just one of the go-to guys. No, Tom is always... T- dude, Tom, I would not trade for the world. Is he the juju to Joe's Antonio Brown? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and Alex is, is kind of like Le'Veon Bell sometimes. Really? Yeah, sometimes. Okay, but a hard worker. I'm not I'm not crapping on him in, on him in any way. He's he's a great worker. But sometimes he might say a thing, something stupid. Uh, I, I mean, my you know? God. If, if but he's been here long enough and worked hard enough where he deserves a raise. I think Joe deserves a raise. Tom, while he has put his time in so far, I think it's you got to start looking at a year when you start to ask for something like that. You know, you've done a good job for a year. You've kind of uh, done everything everybody's asked. You've done it well. That's when you start to ask for raises. It just hasn't been here long enough. Besides, I think Joe deserves it more. And like, if they both go in, they'll say no. You know. So, at this point, wow. All right. You see what Joe did here, or pardon me, what Brian did here. Brian did the two dogs, one bone thing that Mike Tomlin did, going all the way back to the rookie year of Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown. They both played really well when they were given a helmet that year. But Antonio took it away, baby, at the end, and I think this is just an opportunity for Tom to take that next step. I'm not a psychologist, but... It might not be a race to uh, to the front office, but it might be a race to the front office. Joe's in the building. Tom's here. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Although, I do want to out Joe right now, though. Okay. I want to get mad at Joe quickly. Sweet. Not, like, mad mad, but I do want to be irritated with him for half a second. You have every right. Joe, just tell me the caller's name in my ear. Don't tell me we got a caller. So I'm going to say, hey, caller, come on. 
What's the caller's name, Joe? Shanna? Hello, Shanna. You're now on the Crowley Show. What's up? What's going on, Adam? Okay, so I'd like to address your question regarding, um, I think that, you know, Fowler did his job. And Le'Veon failed us, the Stiller Nation, by responding the way he did and being selfish as he has been since the beginning of this season. The off season, the way that he has conducted himself is not Stiller franchise. And I'll dare say even take it further, and maybe you can kind of elaborate or give your opinion, but I feel like he kind of conducts himself the way that Mike Wallace did. I knew that Mike Wallace was leaving the second year in his contract because he never was a us person. He was more of a me. In, in his conversations, you could hear that. In his interviews, he was all about himself. And that's the way that Bell is. And we'll always have that problem. I think that we need to tag him and ship him on after next year. Shannon, I really appreciate the call. Uh, 412-922-2874 is the number for you to get involved. I think that that's all well said. I think those are all really good points. Mike Wallace, not as valuable to the team as obviously Le'Veon Bell has been in his career. It's a different position. Le'Veon Bell can kind of kickstart the offense on his own. Mike Wallace needs a quarterback to throw him the football. But I think Mike was very selfish. I don't look at Le'Veon as selfish in an anti-team way. I think he's looking out for himself because he's a running back. Running backs have a shorter shelf life than any other position in the league. He's touched the ball 400 times this year, and he's afraid maybe, at least if I'm playing psychologist here, that maybe his career isn't going to be long enough for him to make the money that he deserves. So I don't mind Le'Veon Bell wanting the money. I don't mind what happened last offseason. I do mind that he talked about it and brought it up now, although he was asked. I don't like the fact that he expanded. I don't like the fact that he talked about retirement a couple of days before a playoff game. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Have we ever had a woman caller before? I don't think we have. All right. It's inaugural. See, this is what happens when you grow 300%. I know. You get people, I mean, great call, too. Snowflakes get, of all different colors smarter. and all different sexes, baby. Yep, you get you get smarter callers, you're getting better callers, you're getting more callers. Yeah, it's that's what happens. Getting big time. Show's getting big time. Love you guys all out there, my snowflakes. And come on, buy snowflakes. You can get William Gay autograph memorabilia. You can get Steelers t-shirts. And you get to say hello to me, Brian, and Tom. I mean, what more could you want here at the Carson City Saloon? Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Joe, I was joking before with the whole name in the ear thing. I was joking and also not joking. It would help me if you told me who I had coming on, because I might have said sir there. I might have said we don't. We have a caller. Uh, what's up, sir? I could have said that. You never know. Well, I mean, I, maybe if Tom was any good at his job, he'd have call screener up, so I wouldn't have to be a wow. liaison. See, and I was going wow, there right there, and Joe you. is making that's a great, great point. point by like, Joe. No, you can't go on the air, Tom. Tom, no, you cannot go on the air. Don't go on the air, Tom. Do not touch that mic, Tom. If you don't now, have one, Tom, now, you should have brought one. If there was a call screener up, that could have been avoided, and that's the way we do things. And look, I get it. Some places are harder to set this stuff up, but hey, where there's a will, there's a way. Joe is doing the best he can back there, and that's where the whole extra year of experience comes in and that's why initially i said joe can go in for a raise and not tom yeah this was tom's fault and uh i'm sorry joe that i took it out on you man 
<laughs> Tom's so butthurt that he can't open the mic. He wants to talk I so well, bad. He lost his microphone privileges. Nice. Uh, Tom, Tom has a, a reputation for when he gets on the mic, he tries to take a segment over. And it's not the Tom Offerman show, okay? It's the Crowley show. Let's be real here. John tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. The problem with the media and sports specifically is they have an overinflated opinion of their actual importance. The world is not ending because an athlete says something stupid. Hell, we have a president who says something stupid daily and we're still here. You're right. The media and sports takes itself far too seriously. I'm not going to disagree with that in the slightest. But the reason the media takes itself so seriously when it comes to sports is because of you. It's because of every person that tweeted me today, aside from you, John, didn't have a picture of themselves or their kid or their dog or their girlfriend or their boyfriend or their transsexual love partner in their bio. They had Jerome Bettis or Six Lombardis or Ben Roethlisberger's butt cheek or Sidney Crosby or Andrew McCutcheon's dreadlocks. So many of you get your self-importance from sports that you make what we do important. It's a chicken and the egg thing. The media did not used to be this big when it came to sports. The first 24-7 sports station kicked ass because you all wanted it, and then it became that way everywhere. You can blame the media for having an inflated self-importance, and I'm not going to disagree with that, but it's because you people want it. It's because the people that I talk to every single day on Twitter have names, and I'll read real ones. How about that? I'll read the Twitter handles that I've been dealing with today. And you'll just see how little self-worth they have in anything else other than sports. This guy coming after me. S-T-L-R Fan 10. <laughs> he mentioned yes. me in a tweet. I'm not even making this up. What do you think that guy's viewpoint's going to be? Angry fans. Angry NHL fans, PGH. That's another one. Chris is his name. But his handle is Steel5699. Nice. And he's got a picture of the Steelers logo. I love Steelers fans. I love the passion. I'm, don't get me wrong here. But the point being, you guys want what we do. If you didn't, I wouldn't be up 300% in the ratings. If you didn't, then there would be no self-importance that people in the media tie to themselves. Okay? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm scrolling through and trying to find more, but I've muted so many of you. <laughs> like this guy, Jimmy Smalls. He's got the hashtag Shaleev. That, I, I'm, not, I'm not insulting you, but these are the people that I deal with. Uh, very rarely do the people that I talk to on Twitter have their own picture or their own name. It's just Steelers fans. It's just Penguin fan. It's Penguin's Jesus. Or Colby Armstrong's nuts. Or, this one actually makes more sense, Daryl Sutter's, or what was, what was Sutter? Sutter's penis. Brandon Sutter's penis. Like, these are the people that come after me. And you're going to tell me that we have self-importance? We do. But it's because you've made sports that much more important. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I don't think Jeremy Fowler is at fault at all in this situation. I don't. Jeremy Fowler went in, had one-on-one, -on -one, asked a bunch of questions because he knows that the offseason's coming. That is the scariest time for any sports writer. When the offseason's coming... And you need stuff to work off of. And that's 
something that the average Joe or STLR fan 10 wouldn't understand. Jeremy Fowler's going in there, and he's asking a bunch of questions, and his thought probably is, when the season ends, which could be this weekend, when the season ends, it could be this Sunday. On Tuesday, guess what story he could have run? Le'Veon Bell might retire. Now, if the season continues, you got the Patriots to write about this, that, the other, but this is juicy. He's looking for some stuff on Le'Veon Bell, but Le'Veon gave him too good of stuff. That's where it falls on Le'Veon. If Le'Veon had just said, man, I deserve to get paid, I deserve to be valued, then guess what? Le'Veon wouldn't be getting ripped right now because Fowler wouldn't have published it until the season ended. But when Le'Veon says I'm retiring, juicy, sexy, people are going to click. And that's the reality. And it is a story when your all-pro running back says, I might retire. Do you have a better understanding of the journalism side now? I think I made a pretty compelling case just I th- there. I think you did. And if I could add one, one more thing, there's a fine line, too, because you will catch flack for not asking a question. And you're up there, and then all of a sudden the rhetoric comes out. Oh, they're just they're homers, you know. They they're just they're just hanging with the team. They want their access, so they won't ask the tough questions. So if you ask something, people will come after you for not asking about something as well. You just can't win a lot of times when you're in the middle of this. You know what, Brian? That's a fabulous point. Last year, I was being effusive in my praise of Mike Tomlin because why wouldn't I? Uh, the guy got the Steelers the AFC Championship game last year. The dude won a Super Bowl. He's been to another. He, in my opinion, is on his way to great things this year. So I was effusive in my praise, but I was saying, here's an area where I would have liked to see things improve. And I think I was talking about clock management, an end-of-a-half scenario. And I tweeted it out. And I got five people who say, well, why doesn't anybody bring this up in the press conference? Why aren't you asking the right. tough questions? Yep. Like, what, they want me to grill this guy? Like, <laughs> like, uh, like he's the press secretary? Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, that's not my job anyhow. And the media's job... When it comes to sports, in my opinion, isn't to keep the team accountable. It's to get information to the fans. Right. It's delivering information. That's what news is, whether it's well, news news or sports news. I will say in news news, I think that there is an obligation to ask the hard questions because I do think the government needs to be held in check by the people. Gotcha on that, yeah. So I'll say that when it comes to the news. When it comes to sports, it is not the people in Press Row's job. It's not Mike Pursuta's job. It's not Tim Benz's job to sit in the press conference and make Mike Tomlin accountable for his mistakes. It's their job to ask him questions about said mistakes so that the fans know why Mike Tomlin was doing what he was doing at the given time. And people don't have an understanding of what we do. And I understand because you're not on this side, but I think common sense probably needs to play into it just a little bit Here's more. where it comes to, Adam. Everybody wants gotcha journalism. Until they get it, then they hate it. But then they want it again the next day. Yes. They want what they want. Right. That's why when people wake up in the morning, they say, Republican, Fox News, liberal, I'm going MSNBC. <laughs> they want the facts that they want. Right. They want, it's not the news that they want. They want the facts that they want. And it's that way when it comes to sports, too. Whenever I'm looking for West Virginia articles, am I going to read West Virginia fraud at number two in the country? No. <laughs> looking for confer- conference <laughs> champs articles. No, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to look at the Andy Katz interview where he's talking to Javon Carter, West Virginia star point guard, who says, Javon, what is the ceiling for this team this year? And Javon looks straight into the camera and says, national champs, baby. How do you like me shoehorning that one in? 
Coming up next, Matt Williamson to break down everything that's going to be going on this weekend. It is the divisional round. One of my favorite weekends in all of sports because the big boys are out to play. Matt's a big boy himself. Wish I didn't say that. It's the Crowley Show. I mean, it was no injuries on the offensive line, no turnovers, unbelievable big plays. Certainly the coordinator change had something to do with that. But we're going to look back at Matt Ryan's career, maybe someday he's in the Hall of Fame, but we're going to say, boy, 2016 was the best he's ever played. I mean, it was just kind of the planets aligned for them. But as we saw last year, their defense got better as the season went on. And it's a young, athletic group, a lot of high picks. They've concentrated a lot of efforts on that side of the ball. And it's gotten better and better and better. And it's the best it's played in a while right now. And I think it's for real. Um are they last year's team? No, but they're more of a grizzled, well-rounded team that can play any game you want. They go in there and they beat Philadelphia, yes? I think so, yeah. I mean, the three, the Eagles, the Jags, and the Titans, to have a chance, have to have dominant performances in the run game, and I'm not sure that's in the cards for any of those. Separating the quarterbacks here, and I know it's tough to do, but I just want your thoughts on this. Nick Foles or Case Keenum, who would you rather have? Keenum by a bazillion. Okay. Now, he's got I mean, great skill position players with him, but just separating the two, you would definitely take Keenum? Yes. Keenum's well, – Foles is a very slow processor, slow feet, slow developing, um, and he has not played well. I mean, maybe this would be a conversation in the offseason before the year, but Keenum's done well on his own, and sure, the supporting cast has helped. But he plays smart. He makes throws. He moves around well. He's a quick reader of defenses. I don't think they're even close. And to me, it's between Foles and Bortles for who's last. Who you like more right now? Who's playing better right now? Is it Matt Ryan or is it Drew Brees? Hmm. I think I don't think Ryan gets the credit he deserves. He's a much better player than people realize, and has played very well for a nice stretch now. Where, but Breeze is coming off a really, really good game. You know, a really good game. I think that's about a tie. I guess I'll go with Breeze because he's a little bit more of the legend. Matt Williamson joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Matt, of course, from Steelers Nation Radio, the Steelers Radio Network, and the Locked On NFL Podcast. Matt, who do you like in the uh, the Vikings versus Saints game? Because everything about the Vikings screams to me that they might have the best roster in the National Football League. But I like what the Saints are doing. I'm going to pick Minnesota, but not easily. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think the Saints are getting five and a half or so. I think it's probably closer than that. I mean, they certainly give – I said some good things about Keenum, but in a big game like this, you always like to pick the quarterback, and that certainly favors the Saints. Um, In Minnesota, sounds rough, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's definitely my toughest one. I probably am, I am leaning towards the Vikings. And, again, and I think whoever runs the ball better wins this game. And I'm not sure that that's going to be Minnesota. I'm not, I think both these run defenses are a little bit overrated. But Minnesota's is not great. It's good. The Saints is flat-out bad. I want to keep everything the same. The playoff format is the same. The teams are all the same but you put Carson Wentz in instead of Nick Foles. Do you pick them to beat Atlanta this weekend? Yeah, I would, I would probably pick them to – I would pick them to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl and maybe win the whole thing with Wentz. 
Okay. That's kind Just of that big a drop off. He's a superstar, dude. Oh, I know. And not to disrespect Foles, but the Eagles just lost uh, an, a huge opportunity. It reminds me of when Steven Strasburg for the Nationals was pitching lights out, and they just said, ah, screw it, we're going to sit this guy because we'll be back at some point. And they haven't won a championship since. They might have then, and this is different because it's due to injury, but we've seen with Seattle now, everyone thought they're going to be a dynasty, they're going to continue to get opportunities. It's never, ever that easy. No, I mean, ask Dan Marino or some of these guys <laughs> that you know, had early success. I mean, even like last year, Carr breaks his leg in week 16 or something for the race. Right? And Great then, point. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's over. It sucks. I, I could, I could yeah, only imagine yeah. being that fan base uh, if, if I was that into the team. It's like if yeah, – I'm not even going to say it about West Virginia basketball. Matt Williamson joining me here on the Crowley Show. Moving now to the AFC, which you find to be eminently less interesting, and – I'll agree with you. I think the Steelers beat Jacksonville. I had the final at 24-13. to 13. Not that I'm huge on predictions like that, but I think the Steelers' offense, even though Jacksonville's defense is great, I think that there's so many different ways that the Steelers can attack them that they didn't really have open back when they played Jacksonville the first time. Vance McDonald wasn't involved in the offense. Juju was just a kid. We didn't know anything about him. Martavis Bryant was still bitching and moaning and going on Instagram. So I think the Steelers can attack that defense, and I think the Steelers won't have their way, but I think eventually they're going to put up enough points to win. Yeah, I 100% agree. And A.B. had a really good game in that one, even though all those factors you said, and had a touchdown called back, and the biggest and it remains true today, even though Marcel Darius is there, the best way to attack this team is on the ground, and I hope the Steelers learn from their uh, mistakes and their, their run-pass ratio. I mean, this should be a big, heavy Le'Veon Bell game. And, yeah, the Jags' defense is very good. I don't mean to dismiss it at all, but I don't think their offense moves the ball hardly at all. And if Ben and Bell and all this star power is on the field for 35 minutes, 38 minutes, something like that, they're going to score a lot of points. Matt, I'm wondering, I know Jacksonville wants to run the football. Uh, the last handful of games, they're only rushing about 100 yards a game. They had been about a buck 40 before that. So they're not doing that as well as they had been before. But knowing the Steelers' weakness, knowing that they give up big plays, knowing that you're probably going to have to score a few points, do you think that they try to take some shots down the field? Or do you think that they so stubbornly believe in that defense that they're tr- going to try to play vanilla and see if we get to the fourth quarter within a, within a, a score? Oh, they'd be insane not to take deep shots. They better take seven, eight, ten. D.D. Westbrook, you know, Lee. Uh, they'd be insane not to. To me, that's one of the – there's three things I kind of t- targeted of – I thought you were going to ask me, how could the Steelers lose this game? And absolutely Oh, I will, them, Matt. Oh, I'm sure you will, Adam. But you know what, Matt? You're not producing the, the show. I'm just going to take it over. You're being quite the tool man right now. <laughs> One of the absolute ways they can lose this game, though, is allowing big plays. And I believe that they have a pension for that. I don't think it's a fluke. Um, coaching might have something to do with it. But they cannot allow big plays. And any team that plays this team is nuts not to take deep shots. Jags are playing with house money. Air it out. Matt, give me your other two reasons. I mean, just do it, okay? Just get all three out there. The obvious one is turnovers. You know, we saw that, you know, the, if they lose bad in the turnover ratio or allow a pick six, a defensive touchdown, they could lose this game. We saw that. I mean, that, you don't need my insight to, to figure that one out. 
The other one is a statistical kind of one that I'm not sure I 100% believe, but it was big in the first meeting. On both sides of the ball, Jacksonville has a massive advantage with their red zone numbers. And that includes when the Steelers have the ball, that includes, you know, both sides of the ball. Is that going to hold up? I don't know, but field goals will be a problem. If this is a 12-9 type of game, that would be a problem. 13-9 type of game. Ah, uh, man, I thought you missed it. I can't it. believe I missed it. I know. I was going to scoot right past it. Okay, we don't have a lot of time here, so final thing. You got Titans, you got New England. Are you telling me there's a chance? Is there a chance? What could happen? There is a chance. I mean, the way that Mariota and Henry are running the ball, and I don't think the Patriots' run defense is very good at all, maybe they can win the time possession battle and control the game to some degree that way. But this is Bell Belichick at home in January. (laughs) He's going to put 11 in the box. Matt, who's your best friend in the Pittsburgh media? Lolly. Damn it. I, f- I thought it would be Lolly, and that's my answer too, but I hope that no we're way. all. You like me more than Lolly. Well, I just hope the three of us are chums. That's it. Yeah, you're kind of the third wheel, but yes. That's true. Um, I'm the guy that gets made fun of. I'm the one who breaks up the awkward silences if there ever are them uh, between the two of you. Uh, and <laughs> I don't know this yet, but maybe we'll be driving back to Indy in a couple of months together. Truly. And, and obviously, if we're on the radio together, Dale and I just control things. Yes, you guys do know a lot more about football than I do. That much is certain. Right. Goodbye, my friend. Yep. Tell me I'm your best friend. Up next, I'll tell you what I didn't like about Le'Veon Bell's comments, because I think there's a lot there to like. I'll explain, and we've got the guy who talked to Le'Veon Bell. That's Jeremy Fowler. Everyone wants to get this guy on their show today. Only one show did. The Crowley Show, which is what you're listening to. To right now, live from the Carson City. Oh, yeah, a thousand dollars coming up next.